Amen. That's great. Well, once again, good to have you here. Going to be going to a passage this morning that over the decades I have mentioned, but I've never preached on it. And I think it's needed because this spirit can and is moving into churches. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4. All right. Well, I need the Spirit of God. Do you need him too? Let's, let's ask him to speak to us. Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you indeed would move on our hearts. May we be encouraged ourselves and be able to encourage others because of what your word is going to tell us this morning. Pray that we would be convicted where conviction is needed and rejoice in your power where we have seen you deliver us. We pray in Christ's name, amen. I, uh, I went to Bible college in 1971 and then dropped out and then went back a couple of years later. I wasn't really, I wasn't really serious. Honestly, I didn't know what the Lord was going to have me do in my life and I wasn't all that concerned. And then God took me to a place that's really fascinating I could describe it, but maybe some of you have seen it before. It's called a woodshed. <laughs> How many of you, the Lord has taken you there before? Yeah, been there. When I, when I went to, uh, the first time I, I, I went to Bible college, they had, this, they had this thing on Sunday afternoons, and I enjoyed it. I was actually a part of one once. They put on a... Um, uh, a dramatic production that sadly was about somebody that had been at that Bible college several years before. There was a man, and I believe his wife was with him as well in this. They were called to be missionaries in South America. I believe it was Brazil. They were called to be missionaries though somewhere in South America. And they went down there and they're doing the job. They're ministering. They're seeking to plant churches, etc. But the man started noticing people that were in the coffee business. And these people were making a lot of money. And they weren't. And he thought, you know, there's something I can do. After four years, it came back to the States and he told friends, he says, you know, I'm going back 
But I'm not going back as a missionary. I've resigned and I'm going back and I'm going to get into the coffee business. But this is what I'm going to do. The money that I make, I'm going to help support missionaries. Except there was one problem. God had called him to be a missionary. And he resigned. So indeed, he did go back to South America. And he did indeed get involved in the coffee business. Except not everybody that works in the coffee business in South America is on the up and up. And he wound up getting involved with people that eventually killed him. And his body was found in an alleyway somewhere in a city in South America. He wound up doing something that quite honestly, other Christians wind up doing. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is starting to make closing statements like he always does. He thanks this person and that person. He asks people to pray and so forth. But in 2 Timothy 4, there are some unique situations. In verse 1, he says, I charge thee therefore, speaking to Timothy, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap them to themselves, teachers having itching ears. He speaks of himself. He says, verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. And then he says in verse 9, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. And you know part of the reason why he wanted him there is in the next verse, and this is our text. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. You know, let's stop and consider this man, Demas. We're going to finish up with Timothy. But you know, there's, there's a spirit that can creep into churches. Creep into the body of Christ. Where we wind up having a situation where Satan says, listen, you know, I, I know they tell you love not the world, but think what the world can do for you. After all, you deserve things. You deserve this, you deserve that. The, the Apostle Paul had people that traveled with him. And these people heard Paul preach. They'd go to one city after another after another. And there were several that were with him. At different times, there was Barnabas, there was, there was Titus, there was 
Timothy, there was John Mark, but then there also was Demas. And in fact, in the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 14, we read this, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. So it's not like he was singled out. It's like, well, we got our eye on this person. Listen, you know, these are people that are, that are with me. I need these. Praise God, I'm so glad they've been given to me because the gospel needs to go out and they help and they sustain me and they pray and they have done wonders in the name of Christ. But just like other, other times, other situations we've read about, In the scripture, something happens. It's not to the point of, say, a Judas, but as we're going to see, it was very injurious. And if this ever creeps in to the heart, watch out. Watch out. First of all, I want you to see the man for Demas. You know, when we think of our salvation, we rejoice that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I just read, I just finished the book of Revelation this morning in my devotions reading about the Lamb's book of life. Boy, praise God. If if you're saved, say amen. Amen. If you're happy for it, say amen. Hey, there's a song, you know, if you, okay, never mind. Now y'all are going to be thinking that. But, but where else? Can our name be mentioned? Well, there's places in Scripture. The Apostle Paul, again, he talks about people. Boy, they, they've been a blessing. Aquila and Priscilla and Luke and, Bar- and so on and so forth. And when you think of people that have been mentioned in Scripture in specific places, their testimony is down. It's there. You know, somebody has made this statement. Reputation is what others think we are. Character is what God knows us to be. Now, we'll work on our reputation. Good to see you, Don. I'm friendly, aren't I? Thank you, brother. You're good. Now, now, you know, kind of being facetious, but you know, we all want to put, most of us at least, want to put our best foot forward. But the fact of the matter is, there's something that can be going on inside that is really working away. Demas is listed by name. Demas made a choice. God made sure Paul used the name. We're not talking about a nebulous person. A person that claimed the name of Christ. But something was going on. You know, I don't have the same car that I had 50 years ago. You don't either. Well, maybe anybody here, you got the same car? But but listen, we don't wear the same clothes. (laughs) And praise God for that. But I do have the same name, and so do you. 
Now, there are people that knew me years ago, even decades ago, they might have a remembrance of me that's not the best because I did something stupid, I did something foolish, whatever. And because of that, they might have a negative feeling about me. And you know, you know what do you do? What do you do? You, there's, if, if you don't know the situation, whatever. But when my name is mentioned, it's like, well... And there's others, you might wind up with the same situation. People, when they hear your name, what they think. Now, we've all grown. And praise God, we can rejoice as Christians. We can rejoice in this. We don't have to be the same person that we were five years ago. We don't have to be the same person we were five minutes ago. God can do a work. But if we wind up doing what a Demas does, there can be incredible damage done as we're going to see. Our God is teaching us. He's molding us. Praise God for that. But are we getting in the way? There's the man. Now let's look at the move that he made. For Demas hath forsaken me. Now, that doesn't mean that he just kind of walked away. It doesn't mean that he said, hey, Paul, you know, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to be going to check something out. Love you, buddy. Take care. The Greek word that is used there literally means to abandon, to desert, leave in straits, leave helpless, leave in a lurch, let somebody down. Demas had not only left Paul as far as the fellowship is concerned, but he left him with Paul needing what Demas was doing for him. When it comes to the work of the gospel, all of a sudden, he's not there. He had been one of Paul's helpers. He just wasn't along for the ride. Are you catching what I'm, or, or what I should say, what the scripture is trying to tell us? Painting a picture here of somebody that had a calling, had an obligation, and was doing it, but he made a move. He went on the move, and he left and left things not done. You know, our Lord tells us, let your conversation be without covetousness, your matter of life, and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We ought to be able to hold to that and say, praise God, that is, that is, that's great. And we can. But for some reason, promises like that wind up going dim with some people when the opportunity for advancement, money, something other than the call of God comes and says, 
Come on. Come on. When a man departs from God's call on his life, he forsakes his fellow church members and his fellow co-workers. This local church is here for a reason. There are functions that we desire to have, we pray for, etc. But just like any other church, there are times all of a sudden somebody's gone. Now, it could be that they wind up leaving because they moved. Or a situation begged of itself, you know, they had to, they had to depart. But sometimes it's not for the best of reasons. Our desire here is for the gospel to go out. By the way, praise God, I see all those things are gone. That's a glory. Rejoice in that. But there are times it's like, well, you know, and then we wind up giving reasons, whatever. The same spirit that worked in Demas works in people today. Even in this church. Remember Colossians, the verse that I read you there in verse chapter 4? Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Demas knew the words that Paul was using. Demas was there and then departed from, you know, when they left from Colossians, from Colossae, I should say. Demas knew what Paul taught. He knew what he emphasized. If you want to take note of this or if you want to go to it, I got to thinking, what was it that Demas knew? He knew that Paul had taught. Well, you go to Colossians 1 and you read this, verse 9. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is what Paul desired for the people in Colossae. Listen, that she might walk worthy. That she might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet at the part, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Demas knew this, but he left anyway. Later on, look at verse 25, Colossians 1. Wherefore, Paul writes, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the work of God, the word of God, excuse me. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach 
warning every man and teaching every man in all, in all wisdom. Why? Now look at, the, look at the focus here. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Demas knew this, the focus of Paul. He heard Paul teach it, preach it, but he left anyway. Look at chapter 2. Look at verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Not the world, walking with Christ, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Uh-oh. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We're talking about people that know that this world is not our home. One day we're going to be with him. Demas knew this. But he left anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are where? Where? See that word good and loud. Above. Seek those things which are above. Colossians 3.1. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your, what's the word? Affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you're dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Once again, Demas knew this. He heard the preaching. He heard the teaching. But he left anyway. How is it that that can happen? It happens. It happens. It happens to pastors. It happens to leadership. It happens to people that at one time said no to the world and yes to Christ. But something takes place. And just like Demas, they leave anyway. Look at verse 16, Colossians 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of who? Can you sin in the name of Jesus? But Demas left anyway. Look at verse 23, Colossians 3. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, 
knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Look at verse 25. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. There is no respecter of persons. Demas knew this. He left anyway. Where can that spirit take people that have heard the truth? It's terrifying. Colossians 4. Look at verse 14. This is interesting. Once again, we've already cited this. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in, what's the name of that town? Laodicea. Once again, I just got finished reading about Laodicea. And Nymphus and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, caused it to be read also in the church of the Laodiceans. This epistle, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Now we don't know about that one, but look at verse 17. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. You know what we're reading? It's not just Demas. There was an entire church that heard from Paul and heard those things that we have read that Demas heard to the church at Colossae. (coughs) And they were still the lukewarm church. God still told them, you make me so sick, I'd like to puke you out. Now that's serious stuff. Do you realize that this church could do wonderful things for God? Do you realize this church could die and just waste away having loved this present world? There's a church that back in the 50s was looking for a fundamental preacher, a Bible-preaching fundamental preacher. They didn't get it. And by 1969, they were so far from the gospel, it was horrendous. And they were into everything that this new age had brought. It was Glide Memorial Church, San Francisco. In just a matter of years, it went from Bible preaching, desiring souls, loving the gospel, loving God, to loving this present world in just a matter of a few years. There is a spirit that infected the church at Laodicea and infected Demas. 
What was it that happened? What was the motive when it came to Demas and all this? Look again. Go back, if you would please, to 2 Timothy 4. Look at verse 10. Here was the motive. Having loved this present world. Now, we got to stop and consider something. This did not happen all at once. It didn't happen overnight. Here's a young man like other young men that dealt with Paul. Here's a young man like others who have been in the body of Christ serving the Lord. But then something happens. It doesn't happen overnight. But in the heart, remember, reputation is what others think of us. Character is what God knows us to be. (coughs) Excuse me. And next thing you know, where's so-and-so? What happened? Having loved this present world. It got to the point where Demas was having to pretend. And then eventually, he couldn't pretend anymore. Now, why Thessalonica? I studied that out. There were some. I came across one person that said, well, it's, you know, it's because Thessalonica was most likely his uh, hometown. Nobody knows. But if you read about Thessalonica you find out that there are some things that are there that somebody that is starting to drift away from the power of God, well, they'll, they just might go after a place like that. There was immorality there. There were riches to be had. There was all kinds of things. Just this, Demas left. You know, we're told in 1 John, and you know this passage, many of you know this passage. John writes, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 1 John 2, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. They are not compatible One will battle the other. One's going to win out. They cannot coexist. What is the love of the world? Trench, a Greek scholar and Bible scholar, wrote this. This is fascinating. He defines the love of the world as this. The floating mass of thoughts, opinions, maxims, speculations, hopes, impulses, aims, aspirations, at any time current in the world, which it may be impossible to seize and accurately define, but which constitutes a most real and effective power. We deal with things today that the principle is still there that's been going on as long as sin got here, but it might be different than what people dealt with say 50 years ago or 5,000 years ago. The point is this, there are things out there that are drawing 
that are not lined up according to the will and the word of God, but they still woo the believer because we have a flesh. He went on to say this, being the moral or immoral atmosphere, which at every moment of our lives we inhale, again, inevitably to exhale, the subtle informing spirit of the world of men who are living alienated and apart from God. That last part is key. In other words, this is what he's saying. We're in a situation where there are people out there, people that we know, people in power, people really in power, they are building a world that does not function with its focus on God. They're dealing with things where they are their own God or they are looking to build a world without God or maybe they're just looking to build a company without God. And all of it starts to do this to the believer. Now we wind up being part and parcel of this world for sure. You know, we, you know all of us have been at one time or another, we've been employed when it comes to a company or whatever, or in the military, you, you name it. We've been a part of that, but that was not our love. Our love was and is Christ. That was the focus. That was the joy. But then the world starts to work on the mind and then on the heart. And we don't know what it is that happened, but we just know this, that written in God's word is a name that at one time was part and parcel of those who had the joy of being in the body of Christ, had the joy of fellowship, of helping with somebody like Paul. But now it is ever more written, this man loved this world more. And we have no record of him changing. Now there's a man by the name of John Mark. He faded away, he was fearful or whatever, and praise God, he returned. Apostle Paul said, hey, he's a, you know, he is, he's a joy to me. But with Demas, no. There was one other young man that Paul worked with just very briefly, Timothy. In 1 Timothy 6.20, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. But the point is, is Timothy was trustworthy enough. He was told by Paul, listen, you take it, you keep it. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Praise God. He had a testimony of stick-to-itiveness. In 2 Timothy 1, Paul writes to him, where, where, uh, excuse me, when I call to remembrance 
the unfaith, unfeigned faith that is in thee, which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice or Eunice. Praise God, he had a good reputation and a good foundation in his family. Now we don't know, again, the situation with Demas, what his family was like, nothing. But we just know this. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed. Does anybody here in their right mind want to be called a Demas? I pray not. No, I don't want to be a Demas. Well, you know what? There was a time that Demas didn't want to be a Demas. But he began loving this present world. Now listen, I don't know how many of you have noticed, but the America that we all love doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. Well, we got the Constitution. That doesn't matter. Things have gone south here. Praise God we can sing the song, This World is Not My Home. But we need to act like that. And before we wind up helping things of this world, we need to recognize this. We are here called of God to be salt and light. Can I get an amen? amen. This is where we encourage each other. This is where we remind each other. But you know, sadly, it winds up sometimes a situation where all of a sudden, you know, the person disappears. It's like, where's so-and-so? What's going on? Well, and the story goes over again. We have one shot in this world. Amen? We don't get, we don't get life 2.0 on this earth. We're not able to make all of our boo-boos come back and say, you know what, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do, next time I'll do it again right. No, 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 that's, that's not it. Right now we stand before God and we need to do this. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And then, Lord, would you do this? Would you lead me in the way everlasting? Because there are people that are going to hell. There is a testimony that is needed. This world is not my home. I am to be living for you. Lord, help me to set my sights rightly. Because it's just once. I, you know, it's so sad. We, think, we always think of, and I'm almost done, we always think of Judas. And what a, ter what, what a terrible and terrifying situation. 
There is a man that is in hell today. He will forever be there. And he is known as the one who betrayed God himself, the son of God. But then there's also somebody like Demas who, you know, he's hearing truth. He's seeing the testimony of Paul and the others, but wow, you know, boy, you know, I, I, I'll do the best of both worlds. But you think Satan will, will, will call for a truce? Absolutely not. Satan doesn't negotiate. The world doesn't negotiate. So as we go forward, why don't we just settle on this? You know, by God's grace, I want to be remembered as somebody who said no to the world because we said yes to Christ and he's the one that has our love. He's the one. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would help us to discern your word here. Lord, you've, you've given us, you've given us an illustration in the scripture of someone who went through a process and finally walked away to the great detriment of his fellow believers simply because of money or fame or whatever. But the eyes were blinded. So was the heart. Lord, I pray that as we continue in whatever time you give us, that our priority would be our Savior, His ministry, our testimony in Christ. 